Dylan, 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 that guy named Dylan, that's his name. He's gonna save the world somehow, I don't know how, but Dylan, 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 he's gonna, he's gonna save the world if he can, oh, Dylan saves the world. Welcome back to Dylan Saves the World. I have a awesome episode up for you guys today because... I have one of my best friends, Tanner Benson, also the founder of Mountain Rain. Do you want to tell us what Mountain Rain is, Tanner? Yeah. I mean, first of all, happy to be here and uh, appreciate you mentioning me as your best friend because <laughs> I feel the same way. You know, I'm super grateful for this relationship. And even though it really hasn't been too many years, you know, we didn't grow up together 100% on board with the best friend thing. Like, I deeply care about you and our relationship is awesome. Um, Mountain Rain is something that hasn't been around for too long. I started, a, let's see, it was last March. And so basically it started out as just not even a company, but just an Instagram account. And my goal was just kind of spread uh, more awareness as to what my hobbies were and, and more um, more information on just outdoorsmen, right? And kind of just the culture that we bear. And, and um, basically what intertwines with that is hunting, fishing, conservation, and, you know, all the above. And so, uh, my family and I, we grew up hunting and, and it's just been a big, huge part of my personal culture and, you know, a big hobby of mine. And, and so I was like, man, my family has all these amazing photos and we don't really have like one set place where all of them are posted. And it wasn't to get like attention. It was just like, wow, where can we have one source of like our family's memories, right? And um, so I was like, oh, what if I just built like a photo book or a photo album and gave everyone, you know, their own edition. But with how many events we go on together and how many outings we have, there would be constant pictures coming on. And I, I would not be able to keep up with that. I'd have like an edition every month, you know. And so <laughs> Hunting I was like, oh, trip, March. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, show the grandkids. He's your grandpa. <laughs> but um, so I, I created an Instagram instead to use it as the platform that we'd have to just kind of post the photos on. I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking the roles as the manager of that social media, just so everyone can enjoy it in our family. And, and it started to get some followers and uh, just kind of hit the outdoor culture. You know, a lot of us are very like-minded. We love to see the success of others and their own hunting and fishing endeavors. And, and uh, so it started to get some followers and I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. You know, now it's getting some, some attention and more people are, viewing this account, you know, how can I implement it to turn into something one day? And, uh, you know, whether it's merch or a podcast or videos. And, uh, so I, um, I started working with smaller companies, smaller companies who are within the outdoor realm who, you know, really do live in the shadow of, of the box store companies. You know, you walk into a sportsman's Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, you see these amazing companies who've got it all figured out. And uh, some of the younger startups struggle to to break out of that shadow. And so I thought, okay, I'd love to help support them. And so then I started partnering with other smaller companies and, and featuring their products on my page. And basically all it was was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm more than willing to go ahead and, and feature your product and use your product, make videos and whatnot in, uh, in exchange for the product. And so, you know, after a couple months, I started receiving all this, this gear and dude, it was amazing gear. Even though they're small companies, they deserve the credit. I really genuinely believe that they're on something. And so it was nice to be a part of the early stages of their success. And, um, you know, after a while, I realized, man, it's this could maybe go another step. And so 
the current stage of what Mountain Rain is, is uh, it's an online platform. It's just, you know, a website. It's mm-hmm. a shop that um, brings all these small companies together on one source and to with hopes of creating a high traffic site so they can all gain exposure. So how about all of us little guys to get together to create something big and um, try to really break through the point of just living in that shadow? Do I have really high expectations for it? I mean, I don't know. I don't like to get my hopes up too much, but I have faith in it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I'd love to to press forward. And, and you know, if all else fails, I've made some awesome relationships that will last a lifetime, and I've made some great memories with people through it and uh, throughout the entire country. I've got I've got partners throughout the you know, various, I think it's over a dozen states now. And it's just been cool to, to get to know their culture and meet with a lot of them face-to-face. And, uh, and you know, the, the site actually launched, what was it, two, three weeks ago? Still, like, brand new, okay? And it's a beautiful site. Like, going on that platform, it's it's well it's well designed. I've, it's easy to navigate. And I love the products. Uh, lo- like, looking at all the partners you have. And also, your own products, too. Like, <laughs> definitely going to get a hat here soon because... They're, they're beautiful looking hats. I mean, Tanner's wearing it right now. It looks so sharp. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> a funny to see uh, our, our friend Dallin, um, you know, come over and spend some time with us yesterday. He took off his hoodie and he was wearing one of our shirts. I was like, that is yeah. awesome. Thank you for the support. And, uh, you know, that's all it is. It's just one step at a time, um, you know, just a, another breakthrough in the outdoor industry, hoping to bring a lot of people together because more important to me is that other people find success. This isn't, um, you know, this isn't a big money maker. It's, it's something to... Uh, you know, Im- influence sales and revenue to them. And it's been an amazing journey so far. Like everything is worth it. It's still not very, very big, but it's been great to have the support from friends and partners and, and just to start a journey and overall just a learning experience because in reality, I'm going to be doing it anyways. Nothing's going to stop me from going out and enjoying the outdoors anyways. So might as well try to make something of it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Well, that shows that I, I think a lot of what you said shows like, the good heart that Tanner has, like this guy's a really good guy, you know, showing like how he supports these people and stuff. And like Tanner said, we haven't been friends a long time, but just the the short time that we've known each other, he's been one of the the best people in my life. And like, but my first impression, like Tanner and I have, we've known of each other for maybe a couple years longer. My first impression of Tanner was like, a Twitter post of him in overalls with like shirtless with a potato in his pocket. <laughs> oh man. Do you know the full story behind that? Not really. No. Right. So what happened is, so I was a senior and uh, just found out that we were going to be relocated from my father's job and we we're going to move to Boise. And I was very bitter about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more so, moving as a senior not moving like in general yeah right then so, you're losing like all your friends that yeah. you built for the yeah that'd be really yeah hard. i had all my mm-hmm. lifelong friends that i did grow up with here that i played sports with for decade and uh you know it was really hard to leave them and i had a lot of opportunity in in utah and when we up and moved it was very difficult i was bitter about that and so the the whole twitter post with that was um <laughs> So it was to mock the Idaho culture of what I thought it was. And so I dressed in overalls only, had nothing underneath, and the overalls were far too tight. And uh, They were really high. I remember the they were very ships, high. Dude, like they they were giving me a little bit of a wedgie in both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would get like a whole bag of all-purpose flour. And I would go sit out in cornfields and take photos and you know give that little, little smolder. And I had a tattooed... Uh, 
you know, like the outline Idaho. of Idaho on my <laughs> arm, and it said Spud Love. <laughs> and uh, and so then I found tractors to go pose on. I you know took our ATV out and and just basically like I don't know. I was I was more so trying to entertain my my friends back in in Utah. I'm like this is how it is, you know. And yeah. and so we posted it. And I, in the caption, I was like, yeah, retweet for an exclusive calendar. And it, it, it was my 15 minutes of fame in this life. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that having like a couple thousand or something like that. Yeah, I was like, it, I was it like, did holy, really well. I was it like, holy crap. <laughs> I, I was like, who is this guy? And then I, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I had like, then that was basically all I knew about you. Like really? my entire senior year, I was like, that's, that's the overalls potato guy. <laughs> yeah. And so it was re- really funny. I know all my buddies back here, <laughs> we're, we're losing it, but, um, it, I went through a rude awakening though, throughout the course of living in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with Idaho now, like total change of like what I thought it was going to be. I love Boise for anyone who doesn't live or know of the, the beauties of Boise, man. I am in love with it. And it is genuinely my home also. So I can balance it back and forth. My, you know, my family still lives there. And so it's like going home every time. But that that post was funny because it, I think it made me friends when I first moved there because people were like, were you that, were you that farmer guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I kind of yeah. got pressure to make calendars. And so I, uh, I made calendars, a bunch of them. No way. And I, I have... I didn't even. I don't even have one for myself. I'm gonna need to snag one. They got drained from you. If you make, you, we gotta reprint them. And yeah. Get one. And then you made another calendar <laughs> yeah. just recently with yeah, <laughs> with I did. A bunch we of made buddies. the beard calendar with some friends. So all of us went up to a, a canyon up near some of the ski resorts here in Utah, and uh, my beard is not very good. I don't have the greatest facial hair, but my friends have some beautiful facial I, hair. I think the way you do it looks it looks good. <laughs> well, well, thanks, man. You bet. They they have very thick, luscious hair, and we all went up there dressed as rednecks and took photo. And the point was to sell calendars yeah. to to help friend with his wedding coming up this summer. And we we're going to put all the funds towards helping with that. And uh, so there's some amazing photos. So in every photo, we're repping like some um, – some like root beer bottles yeah. <laughs> and we're like, pour them all over each other like and, open flannels yeah and, like, i'm carrying an axe shorts. in all of them yeah i got this massive <laughs> axe and so it's really good we we uh tattooed a chevy logo on one of my buddy's chests just with some sharpie but <laughs> it was a good time and so yeah that calendar is over on my desk right now it's pretty good i just got that as my christmas present so from from jesse it was it's awesome that's awesome and uh yeah, that calendar, the initial calendar with the farmer, kind of it got me in trouble, once. Really? Yeah. So, the you know my my girlfriend at the time, now my beautiful wife. Yeah. So, there was someone in my ward, in Boise, right? And so she was a good friend of mine, and asked for a calendar. I was like, of course, you can have a calendar. I've got some left over before they were drained from me, right? Had a calendar, came down here to school in Utah, and. Um, and so I guess this calendar of mine was put into this girl's apartment with five or six girls living there. And my wife's friend was somehow friends with one of them and went to this apartment and was like, huh, that's my best friend's boyfriend on your wall. What is oh, that about? No. And, <laughs> and so I got some backlash for that. <laughs> so my wife, my wife was like, yeah. Hmm. Why is your calendar in this girl's apartment up at this college? I'm like, oh no. 
yeah, so I had to deal with that one for a little bit. It's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> my honey, don't take my that. fame away from me. I'm going big time. <laughs> you could get a calendar too. Why, yeah. <laughs> why are you not supporting? You never me? even asked for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Right, going back to uh, so the other calendar and the wedding. I don't know why this just like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. brings me back to really when Tanner and I first became friends. Mm-hmm. It's all linked back to weddings, dude. We started watching That's The true. Bachelor together. That's true. And then we went to a bachelor's party together. We did. She went shooting. Yeah. Tanner uh, took my hot dog out of my hand, threw it in the air. Another friend popped Blasted it. Blasted with a shotgun. Yeah, that was that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, that was fun because I didn't know most of the guys in that group. And I remember um, yeah. Yeah, the, the bachelor, I guess the... You call him the bachelor, the groom, groomsman. No, not groomsman, the groom. The groom, yeah. The groom, probably, okay. Yeah. We were the bachelors, right? Yeah. So he was, uh, yeah, he was getting married, and he asked me if I would go ahead and kind of lead out this bachelor party for him, and um, he really wanted to go shooting. I was like, okay, let's do it. And so we got it, you know, as many guns and, and targets and whatnot as possible to go out there and, and have some safe and playful shooting, and it was awesome. You know, we took a lot of targets, and, and one of them happened to be Dylan's hot dog. <laughs> as he was eating it the full right yeah. after he had finished putting it together making it look all nice and pretty took I, it from I, his hand I take and threw time it. on my hot dogs man <laughs> that was a fun time though but that really that did kind of like spark our relationship because after that you're like we gotta do this again it's like, yeah of yeah. course well that sparked a lot of my hobbies like I yeah. I maybe went shooting like a couple times before that mainly I like scout camp and stuff yeah but I was I, I you know I never really like actively went out and then mm-hmm. and then Boom! Two guns later, and here I am. Like, yeah, it's one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because yeah, I've gotten several friends like that who weren't necessarily introduced to that until later on. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how everyone kind of has a vice to get something you know cleared from their head. You know, I know for you, like music is a huge thing, right? Oh, absolutely. And all my other friends have something different that really releases the the tension or the stress that they have and that anxiety because everyone gets it built up over time. Um, when I go to a shooting range, that's that's when I decompress. And, you know, after I'm plinking and, and, you know, hitting some clay pigeons out of the air, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Let's restart. Let's do another month, you know, and let's get back to work. And so, I don't know. Maybe it's, I think it's a guy thing. Seeing things explode. <laughs> yeah. It, started, like it starts like at a young age. It's just like, yeah. it's like, dude, I wonder what this would look like blown up. Bro. Yeah. Like we, I want my friends firecrackers. Like, yeah. <laughs> in high school, we blew up a minion pinata. Really? <laughs> yeah. We tried to fill it with like gl- glow stick juice and stuff. So it'd glow at night. Yeah. It didn't really work. <laughs> we used <laughs> to take, we used to take these, um, the mortars that would shoot up the fireworks that you put in a tube and they shoot up. Right. Oh yeah. So we used to take those instead in high school and we get a group, big group of friends and we go get pumpkins. We carve out a hole in the pumpkin. We put the mortar inside, light it and drop it, put the Holy cap on a pumpkin and we'd run. <laughs> And we couldn't even get very far away before it would explode. And we would light this on the ground. So imagine this firework just going boom. And there were pieces or the fragments of that. It was almost like shrapnel, but it was like lit on fire. And it was like, boom. And it was like zooming past us as we were all trying to run run away. (laughs) It was terrifying. Oh, my gosh. We we just kept doing it. We were so dumb. (laughs) We just kept doing it. And there was one time we climbed up on top of a school portable. Mm -hmm. And we used a a water balloon launcher. And so two of us pulled this elastic launcher as tight as we could, and the person in the middle grabbed it, lit the mortar, pulled back, and just launched it off this this portable. And it was like halfway in the air, just boom. <laughs> we were dumb. 
That's hilarious. So dumb. One of my friends in high school, and I'm not condoning any of these guys. I'm not encouraging. <laughs> yeah, please but don't they, do this anymore. But they uh they would they would drive with like pumpkins outside yeah. their car, go like 60 miles per hour, and just toss them into a porta potty, and it would just oh, demolish it. No way. Imagine if someone was in that dude. That would rock your world. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's your the first thought? <laughs> I don't think you're gonna be thinking anymore, dude. Like you're just done. <laughs> Because those porta potties are gone, and they, they said like a cop pulled up on them, and they're like, like "Hey, did you guys do this?" Like, "Oh no, we saw them just like drive out." Yeah. Bro. <laughs> I remember one day we had some buddies together. This was in Boise actually, uh-huh. and we went and found this porta potty and uh, lit some fireworks in it while someone was in there. Like one of our friends, <laughs> no. right? We're like, "Dude, just go in there. You're not gonna get hurt." And we went, lit it, shut the door, and we we're just like, "Bomb, bomb, 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 bomb." <laughs> And then he like opens the door, all the smoke comes out, and he comes out just like, oh man. <laughs> we did the we did something similar like that. It's my first semester of college for a friend, except we took a fire extinguisher while yeah. he was in the bathroom and. Just... No way. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad that was. <laughs> I just hear him like, <coughs> and he like he starts he just starts he books it out of the bathroom, and I see like a giant cloud of white smoke, and he's like coughing. And he turns around and goes. Dude, I've never wiped so fast in my life. I couldn't breathe. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was the worst. I had to, like, put on a face mask to, like, get in there and clean it up. Yeah. It prepared me for this uh, COVID this pandemic, season, you know? Right? <laughs> but I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy was sitting in this. Oh, poor guy. I could barely. Yeah, I felt bad. Yeah. I, I thought it was just, you know, like, a little, like, you know, I, for me, for some reason, I thought that fire extinguishers were, like, a cream, you know? Yeah. It was, like, shaving cream. Yeah. No, it's no, not. It's, absolutely yeah. not. It's totally different. <laughs> also, a lot of those apartments, those fire extinguishers were expired. Ours was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you go. Well, the funny thing is, you go to all the men's apartments there. Mm-hmm. All, pretty much all their extinguishers expired. Really? You go to the female apartments; they're up to date. <laughs> the men will run. They're like, men, <laughs> yeah. Either they got this, jump out the window, or, or we can lose them. It's fine. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We got need way them. too many guys at the school. <laughs> Well, the, the funniest thing about that school is they already have a bigger proportion of, like, yeah. girls to guys, dude. Yeah. That's probably why. You know, They're you know, burning to death. Yeah, it's funny that, um, you know, talking about, like, you know, our college experience was, it was probably, like, what, two or three weeks after we even met that I was like, Dylan, we should be roommates. <laughs> Let's move five hours from here and room together. You got to join us. Yeah, dude, I was, I was, like, I was planning on moving to a different city, too, and then you said that, and I was like, absolutely, and I just... No regrets. Ones. Yeah, the best best decision I've ever oh, made. Oh, that honestly. was so much fun. It was so freaking fun. Oh my, it was amazing. Like I will never forget that. I know we're gonna cover some topics from our college experiences in other podcasts, but this Absolutely. should be a hype statement for that podcast because <laughs> yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, stay tuned for that, guys. Yeah. That's that that that's some of the best moments in my life. Honestly, no, no kidding. They that will just be up at the top. And the me. funny thing too is like any like social activity that we take part in where people are like showing videos or anything you know we just pull up our videos and like yeah this was our college experience <laughs> and we just take control of the whole meeting Seriously. you know they love it yeah it's so funny to watch our little videos we made <laughs> <laughs> they're they're honestly like it's like a movie dude yeah it's like it's a tv series yeah you just get like sucked in and for like the next two hours we're talking about this experience it's, it's incredible so yeah yes definitely stay tuned for that episode guys but i I don't. Tanner and I, when we met, we just like or started hanging out. We just realized that we clicked really well with, with our humor and stuff. Kind of, we started doing a lot of. It. I would say I would describe it as like improv, uh, improv. You yeah. know, like just yeah. in different places. Like, 
there's like one time Tanner and I went camping. We're like in this little store near near like this town nearby. Yeah. And Tanner just walks up to me. He's like, "I can't believe you did that, bro." <laughs> I was like, "I'm like, yeah, but what did I do?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no. Like, I I know what you did. You know that I know what you did." And I it, it went on for this like ten minutes. I'm like, "Yeah, I know I did, but could you just like tell me for the sake of the conversation what I did, bro?" Yeah. And everyone in the store is like. Well, got to the point that the cashier thought it was like a confrontation going on over the drink aisle. Like, do I need to do anything? <laughs> yeah, they were like all alert. And then our, our friend Chase, he's like walking like just disappointed. He's he was like, so embarrassed. He's like, I don't want to be affiliated with these uh, guys. <laughs> how many times? I, we got to have a podcast solely. We got to bring Chase on and just be like, Chase, how many times have you been embarrassed to be around us? <laughs> Honest, that, that would be a three-hour podcast. It would be too long. <laughs> Split it up into a series. Chase's disappointment. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Chase is the greatest, dude. I'm planning on having him come on, too. Definitely need to. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Been bowling a lot with him recently. Yeah. That's one of those hobbies that, that I gained recently. He's good at it. Yeah. I've never Cop. beaten Chase. Let the record state, I can beat Chase in cornhole. I beat Chase once I'll forget in bowling, about the time at Bear but, Lake, but I can't beat him at bowling. I beat him once in bowling, but I think Chase, like, it, it wasn't me. It was Chase. <laughs> like... Chase good, bowls. Man. He bowls amazingly. He's good. That was my best game ever, though. I bowled a 198. So proud. Yeah. <laughs> nice pat on the back. <laughs> I, I that blew my mind though. But mm-hmm. like any other day, like Chase wins 99 percent of the time. That guy kills bowling. Yeah, he does. He's that. He's that guy. You see that video? The guy like, who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> he's that guy, bro. <laughs> oh, man. oh man. We've done a lot of improv too. I think that between anyone that like, um kind of has these fake scenarios going on is is me you and easton i love doing <laughs> yeah. it as with us three yes yeah, were you there that one time when we all went to the are you gonna talk about the merits experience? yeah no, i was that? not there you weren't there no oh but gosh. i've heard we about got kicked it. out because they thought we were fighting our waitress <laughs> was genuinely concerned oh my oh, god it was so funny yeah it was hilarious that's so freaking uh, yeah that's... easton's one of the funniest people oh my already. gosh he's so freaking You're telling funny. me i love him also he's yeah. an amazing person such a good guy yeah i think that's kind of where i picked it up from because him and i were uh we were within the same group for a long time but we never realized how good of friends we were until we kind of started like really cracking a lot of jokes toward, toward each other but like when i would hit, throw a joke at him or he throw one at me it didn't stop there you would oh, carry it just kept on, going. yeah, and you'd be like, "Whoa, yeah, bro," and he's like, "You just carry on a conversation," and and uh, to the point that a lot of people didn't know we were joking, and it, it, I just loved the kid. I just thought of, <laughs> I just thought of one of the big ones, dude. What? We went on that camping trip, and we had that that Snapchat group chat, and we're like, "Hey, Tanner, we're uh, driving up to McCall. Do you want to oh ride?" Gosh, I hate and then, you guys. <laughs> we we're all like, "Yeah, yeah, bro. I'm running with Easter. You come with me." <laughs> it went on for like. Freaking forever. Yeah, I was like, you guys riding with me or not? He's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm riding with Easton, and he's going to ride with you. I was like, I just hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you participated on it. You're part of it. <laughs> but I, I, that was that was great. And then we got to that pizza place, and we made that girl laugh so hard that she ran to the bathroom That's and threw true. Up. That's true. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah, right? I've never, you threw like. Up because of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best compliment to my humor yeah. ever. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. That was great. So, <laughs> I and I feel like a lot of this stems back from our dads because we get like a lot of dad humor, you know, like dad jokes and stuff. Yeah, I, I I do get made fun of a lot for having a notorious amount of dad jokes in my humor. Tanner's very dry humor. Tanner's just becoming a dad. I as am. It is like 
I mean, everyone knows the classic dad quote of like, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, you strap but, something in, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> and dude, we did that all the time when I was working last summer. We'd like, we like, we had like these big tents that we set up for lunch and stuff. We'd like pound it in the ground and stuff. And my coworker and I just like look at each other like, yeah, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're becoming our dads. <laughs> yeah, you pointed out one yesterday. You kind of said like my signature uh, saying, I guess. And I, this had never been made prevalent to me before. And... um. You know, I was making these boys some moose burgers last night for the first time, and I put a lot of effort into it. And as I was kind of explaining what I, we were what we were gonna cook, I was like, "All right, so here's what we're gonna do." <laughs> and I, I get maybe I said it a couple times, and you're like, "That's your signature saying." I said, "What?" You're like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do." And my wife chimed in, chimed in immediately. <laughs> He's like, "You do say that all the time." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I think it's because my dad does say it. <clears throat> your dad says it? I think so. Really? Yeah, I think I think it's like something I kind of got from him. There's a lot of things that I've realized over the years that I've picked up from my dad. Definitely. And they're funny things, but like in all honesty, my dad is my absolute hero and I aspire to be him. He is my greatest role model. And so I'm like, dude, good. I'm on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I feel about my dad. Yeah. I pick up his mannerisms. I pick up his attitude on things like, I'm not going to spend money on a mechanic to fix this. Yeah. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it saves so much more money. And then I started picking up the things that he enjoys, you know, started yeah. drinking Pepsi. Mm-hmm. I, I quit soda for a while and I was like, I used to like Dr. Pepper the most. Yeah. And then I drank Dr. Pepper again. I'm like, doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I drank Pepsi, threw on a nice clean pair of New mm-hmm. Balance shoes. Yeah. Threw on an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. I was yeah. happy. So when I first moved back down to Utah, I worked with a good friend of mine and we worked at his dad's furniture shop. And one of the only things that we actually had in the fridge there was Pepsi. And so all day we'd be busting out this custom furniture, making these beautiful pieces, and he would pound like four Pepsis a day. And I was like, bro, like, what's up with you and Pepsi? And he's like, you got to try some. And so I tried it. And I was like, all right, it's not bad. Because as a kid, I always thought Pepsi and Coke were old people drinks. And now I'm falling into those steps. Pepsi and Coke is amazing. <laughs> Especially the Mexican Cokes. Yeah, different sugar. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, they're so sweet. And every time... Past summer, dude, like we, they have, there's a little taco bus nearby. Mm-hmm. I think I told you, right, that my record in one week for tacos, I think it was 70. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. My coworker was convinced that I had a tapeworm. He's like, really? he's like, I don't, he, I don't see. So yeah, he's much. like, that's like so many tacos and you're this little. You're like, yeah, guy. I know. It is a tapeworm. <laughs> I replace it like uh, once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I feed him. Yeah. <laughs> This is all in my backyard now. I've got a whole farm. (laughs) You ever seen Tremors? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the cause of that. that, I forgot about that movie, dude. (laughs) I I watched that with my my friend Liam introduced me. The first Tremors movie I watched was that Wild Wild West one, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What a a great series. I watched it when I was really young, too. I almost freaked out. Another movie I watched when I was really young was Eight-Legged Freaks. You heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that tripped me out, too. No, speaking of weird stuff, like, dude, Tanner and I, we're PBS kids, right? You know, I think a lot of kids grew up on, like, yep. Disney, Nickelodeon and stuff. No, dude, that was, that. that was only if, like, hotel experience yep. or at another friend's house. I was the guy that snuck over to my friend's house across the street all the time just because I knew SpongeBob was going to be on. Right? Yeah. Dude, my mom hated SpongeBob. She was like, you are not a lot of allowed people, to watch yeah, SpongeBob. A lot of people don't, like, yeah. what, let their, their kids watch it. Yeah. I knew a bunch of people like that. I, I felt like my mom just like I it would I don't think it had to do anything with the foul content. I thought it was anything to do with yeah how dumb 
Like, I, I know I that know. an argument was like, they make kids lose brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. My mom gave up on that. Like once I turned like, yeah. I think like nine, she's like, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> she's like, but <laughs> yeah. But like PBS kids, you get a whole new experience of shows. I mean, you you have Arthur, you and but then you then you have uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Zabumafu, dude. Zubumafu, that was the best. Do you know for me? You know Zabumafu was like, f- for like, I met an older generation of uh, like you know like twenty eight year old people. You know. Mm-hmm. There was a show before before Zumafoom with the with the Krat brothers. Yeah, it's like called Krat's Creatures or something. Really? So there was Krat's Creatures and then Zabumafu. Did you know there's one and now? The Wild Krat's. Yeah, yeah, Wild Krat's. Yeah. yeah, those guys. They've been going on forever. They got it figured out. Yeah, and Zabumafu was my shiz though, dude. Yeah, Zabumafu and Steve Irwin. Yeah, Steve Irwin was like one of my heroes. Totally. Yeah, I know how much he means to you. <laughs> I think that actually both of those shows really got me in young to love animals. All animals. Like, I I yeah. was huge in just learning about these animals and how cool they were and just how they uh, adapted their own environments and just, like, what their social dilemmas were, you know, compared yeah. to like, what, what we face. And um, I, I think I can credit those shows, genuinely. Other than, like, Absolutely. family influence, I think that that was a huge aspect of it. I remember one of the first moments I've cried, dude, was when Steve Irwin passed. I remember. I, I remember watching so the sad. funeral. I remember watching his daughter speak on behalf of him to like a whole crowd. And it was one of, in one of the stadiums where he would perform. And I was like, dang, he's gone. I was young. Yeah. But I remember I could comprehend it. Yeah. It hurt. Yeah. That hurt. That sucked. And I was, you know, I, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but we, my older brother and I had a Steve Irwin action figure, no way. like the crocodile hunter, like yeah. Toyota vehicle, like, like the, uh, remote control of it. Yeah. We even had like a little remote control boat that we'd put him on. And yeah. Would, like five days. It was the best. Go get him. He was, he was the best. And, and when I got quarantined last, uh, last year, you know, like stuck alone for like three or four weeks, just in this apartment. All I wanted to watch was Crocodile Hunter. I was I couldn't work. They wouldn't let me come into work. I couldn't do anything. I mean, I still try to stay productive, but Crocodile Hunter like saved me. Dude. Yeah. Do you spend any time watching the rest of his family show now? I I did actually go through some of the other series, like with his wife. Like she goes, she I think she lives in Oregon now. Oh really? Like she she does some conservation in Oregon. Wasn't she but, an American? Yeah, she's yeah. she's from Oregon. That's right. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I watched the whole documentary on how they met, too, while I was there. Yeah. I watched a lot on Steve Irwin during that time. I learned so much, dude. And I, it just gave me so much more of a respect for him. I watched the very first Crocodile Hunter episode. It was awesome, dude. Like, he's just so passionate about it. And it just gave me that kind of love for the outdoors and wanting to, like, experience more of the world and see, like, these different, like, and, and Tanner kind of helped me with that yesterday. We took us over to an elk farm, and we got up close to an elk, and that was really cool. Yeah, I needed to test a product that I got sent to me. It was an, uh, It's a thermal camera, so it picks up, like, um, you know, it's got some heat sensors in it. So everything that picks up in the camera, um, it's it's based off of black and white. And so anything that is that has any heat whatsoever appears really bright white, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go test it out, and we did it throughout, you know, the house. And then we went over to an elk farm that's not too far from for my place and it was you know just with the pure intent of of trying out this this thermal sensor to see if it could pick up the animals from pretty far away and then we realized that they were kind of on the other side of the farm and so we drove around parked there and this was what 12 31 a.m that we did this yeah yeah it's a bunch of snow outside I'm like, let's just go and 
it's because my wife did not want to watch Hereditary. So she's like, oh, if we can leave and not watch Hereditary, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the farm. <laughs> that movie terrifies At 1 a.m. <laughs> I almost walked out of the theater on that movie. Ugh. And so <laughs> we <feel> like... <laughs> we went to this farm and elk are my favorite animal. I think yeah. they're incredibly majestic and beautiful and I have so much respect for them. And I think what was really cool was to have them kind of come up to the fence. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're domestic, and so, yeah. you know, it's not quite like a, a wild elk, but they came up to the fence, and they're just like, you know, what's up? And, you yeah, know, we all got to pet them. them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Is that your first encounter with, like, a big elk? That is, honestly. Like, I've seen them from a distance. You know, I've like, you know, you drive, like, all the time I've seen moose and elk mm-hmm. on just on the side, but I've never We've been, like— We've seen them together driving through the middle of Idaho. Yeah. yeah. That was that was a cool experience. But I've never been, like, right next to an elk, mm-hmm. just— been able to see it like that that was cool yeah seeing the way they behave and, oh, and they're so strong too like seeing that one just like turn he like put his antlers against the fence and mm-hmm. just like pushed it a bit yeah. i was like holy moly yeah dude, he that, was that's some power right there <laughs> if he wanted to he could knock that over without oh, struggle he totally could and yeah it was amazing to see all those bulls in one area and to kind of see them playing with each other and putting their antlers down and getting somewhat aggressive um i could do that all day i could just go watch them I love yeah, observing were, them. That was that was a not like it was just relaxing. You just mm-hmm. gotta go out and you could watch this. That's that's one of the coolest parts about going out there and and seeing you just you get to observe it yeah. and experience like nature and like mm-hmm. how I don't know it's just so calming and yeah. stuff. And that, I mean that's probably where you found a lot of your your love for hunting. Yeah, you want, tell me more about that too. Like how you kind of personally built your love for hunting. You told me a little bit about this kind of adrenaline you get when you go hunting and stuff. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, hunting initially started in my family when my dad's, so, I mean, it goes far back in my family, mm-hmm. right? But my dad, his real dad passed away when he was eight. And so there my dad is, eight years old. He's got two younger siblings, his mom, and they're single now. And so the neighbor across the street would come over and he kind of took role as, as dad for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he took my my dad and my uncle out and introduced him to the outdoors a little bit more and um, helped him keep carrying on that tradition and that hobby that our family has, mm-hmm. even though his father was no longer there, right? And so, you know, my, my dad learned a lot from that guy. And then my grandma re- later remarried, who was also a sportsman. And so my, my parents were able to grow up in that also. And so my dad... Um, it's something that he truly respects and he's learned a lot of life lessons from, and it's a way to provide for the family. You know, I grew up eating big game meat, you know, and it's, it's a lot healthier meat than you're going to find at any store. Yeah. And, uh, you know, exactly how it was taken care of and processed. And so I grew up, um, having this meat and I, I remember he would take my brothers out and there's a big gap between myself and the brother that's just older than me. There's five years. And I wasn't allowed to tag along until I was eight years old. I could go on camping trips and whatnot, but I couldn't go on a hunt until I was eight years old. And it killed me. Oh, it was so hard. I wanted to go so bad to hear all these stories because they would come back and they would tell you stories that are amazing. And I just felt like I wasn't a part of it. But I mean, I was eight. So like, yeah, it's not like I could comprehend too much anyways. But I remember my very first hunt, my brother, it was a deer hunt and it was really cold. And my brother ended up shooting his first deer. And my dad, it wasn't like, crazy far away so my dad had me my older brother's like you guys stay in the truck we'll go get it taken care of and so i stayed in the car (laughs) and uh, they all went and and took care of it and um 
I just remember like being hooked and being like, you know, this is how my family provides for each other. And this, as far as the feeling goes about hunting um, and just the adrenaline that you just mentioned is it's pretty much only known to sportsmen and people who, who carry out this, this life tradition. And it's hard to explain, but the best that I can explain it is you're full of adrenaline. You know, some people call it buck fever. You're shaking and you spend hours every day. You spend miles on the ground. You spend all your energy and, and, you know, time and money, obviously to get yourself something on the plate and you, work so hard to find the animal that you're looking after that has been presented to you that I believe by God, right? That's your choice animal. Yeah. And taking that animal for the purpose of, of using it for its intended purpose from God is like, that is the most amazing feeling. And I'll even put it in a spiritual sense. So a lot of people who don't understand hunting, or even opposed to hunting, or don't really understand the the life of or or purpose of an uh, outdoorsman. Um, I explain to him in a couple different ways why I do it. First, I'll say biblical. I won't get too far into that, but in Genesis it talks about mm-hmm. how, you know, men were put on the earth after animals, and we reign dominion over all the flocks and beasts of the earth. So, what is their true purpose, right? If you're if you're in favor for having any animals you can find in the store, then you gotta be in favor for animals that are also in the wild. Um, Another thing is is an ancestral. What's our history look like? You think there were meat shops back way back then? No. No, that was no all farming didn't come along until a little bit later, right? Man. Yeah, it was hunting and gathering. And so how would your ancestors feel that you you mock the sight of gathering your own food? You're mm-hmm. like, dude, that's how we survive. What? <laughs> yeah. Um I'll even go into conservation sense. A lot of people don't understand that the only reason the animals and populations are managed is because we pay the funds. There's not a whole lot of government funding for that. Sportsmen, we have to pay money to get tags that we may or may not get. It's kind of like a lottery system. Yeah. But all that money is still kept for the state, and they use it to preserve these 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 populations and these herds so that they can still be plentiful. I guarantee you that if there weren't this conservation put in place, you know, it'd be a lot more rare to see herds everywhere. And people think it's the opposite. Like, no, hunters are taking it away. Oh, no, trust me. Yeah, Yeah, we are the largest contributor to maintaining their population. I, I did want to share a a, a cool quote that I found um, from Theodore Roosevelt, actually. And he says, "Um, in a civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. The excellent people who protest against all hunting and consider sportsmen as enemies of wildlife are ignorant of the fact that in reality the genuine sportsman is by all odds the most important factor in keeping the larger and more valuable wild creatures from total extermination. And, yeah, I mean, I like that. That is super cool. And and Teddy Roosevelt's known as one of the greatest conservationists. Yeah, he is. Like, as the president, he made the most, most, like, moves to preserve parks, national parks, and and wildlife. Mm -hmm. He's... On, in that sense, Teddy Roosevelt is a—he's an icon and yeah, he's very influential in that aspect. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for it. Um, another thing too is like I kind of mentioned before, I like knowing where my meat comes from. Yeah, well, it's like we we had an elk burger last night. It was moose. Oh, it was moose. It was moose burger. Yeah, it was wow. moose. So even more rare. Not a lot wow. of people get to eat moose. Wow. Yeah. And first of all, it was really good. Thank you. Second thing is like, 
I don't feel sick after eating. You know, like, <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel yeah. nice and healthy right now. Yeah. I feel good. A lot of times I'll eat like you know, processed meat from from stores. Mm-hmm. Next day I'm just like, I know I'm gonna wake it's up. Very be lean a little... meat, very very healthy. Yeah. Right. And I think part of it is is uh, it grew up in the in the most healthy way possible, right? Yeah. It didn't have any stress on itself other than through other predation. And, um, you know, didn't have any GMOs, didn't go through a slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in the sense of how you harvest an animal, like genuinely, let's talk about cattle for a second. Yeah. Or anything that is slaughtered. They know they're about to go to slaughter. So adrenaline goes to their blood. <clears throat> adrenaline is really bad for meat. And tightens up the muscles. Exactly. So and, most of the meat that yeah. we get from stores actually is not prime because that adrenaline is is pumped through the, through the veins and the meat condenses and it's just not as good. It gets a little bit more gamey. But, um, you know, then you talk about the wild. People are like, man, why do, why do humans got to go out and harvest these animals? It's like, is there a better way? First of all, that's, the, that's their intended purpose. Second of yeah. all, no animal dies from old age. Unless you're a dog or a cat, no animal dies from from old age, yeah. right? It, it, Except for those wild. like crazy tortoises, dude. They like live like three hundred years, you know. They're like they're like, dude, this tortoise got a buckshot in it from like eighteen thirty eight, like. Yeah, <laughs> but for the majority, like if you look at if you look at big game animals, right? They yeah. go through rough, harsh winters. They go through territory challenges with other animals of their same species. And then they go through all the predation from cougars and coyotes and wolves, right? Yeah. It's it's very difficult. There's no easy way out. So for an ethical person to come out and place that animal, um, you know, in, in a position that it can be taken humanely and then used effectively to benefit the lives of others. That's amazing. And I am a huge proponent for whatever I get, whatever I feel God has blessed me with, mm-hmm. I'm going to share it. I love that. Because yeah. like like last night, I'm going to share Mooseburg with you. Moose, moose is pretty rare. Not a lot of people get to eat moose. Was that your first time ever having it? No, no. We had okay. uh, we had those moose steaks up in Rexburg. That's right. Was that your first time? That was my first time. Yeah. So both times mm-hmm. you've had moose, is, uh, I've been lucky enough to share it with you. But you were... 22 years old before that happened right yeah and a lot of people don't get to have that experience and so the most the funny thing is though is like when the first time i tried bear i was eight really <laughs> yeah i tried bear a lot a lot earlier moose. than i tried moose yeah bear's tasty yeah i i had like a bear stew like yeah probably about a month and a half ago yeah what, what so one thing about tasty. bears too is you gotta be really careful about how you cook it because they yeah. have uh they got a parasite in them that can oh, be yeah. a little sketchy they got worms and so um if not cooked really good that they they have the risk of that and not all bears have it right but yeah. my brother just took a bear you know last year and he's still letting it age he's like i'm still giving it some time before <laughs> before i go because there's a little bit of risk yeah. right but yeah. um but yeah it's it's an amazing thing i think wild game meat is it's truly a beautiful thing and i share with anyone willing to to try it it's good it's and good. it is really good it's very healthy for you there's a mm-hmm. million ways to cook it i cook it the same way i cook any other meat from a store and yeah. it's it's awesome because I get to share that with people. It's not it's not at all a selfish thing for me, right? It yeah. is to bless and benefit as many people as possible. Absolutely, yeah, wow, I love that. I love that. And yeah. I guess I'll I'll end it with. They are the best memories of my life. Like if when I, when I'm on my deathbed, aside from thinking about my wife and my family, right? I'm gonna think of the memories of, of sitting on the mountain being away from the world with my with my dad, my uncles, my brothers. There's nothing better than that. We yeah. bond so much over having that commonality 
And even if we don't succeed in our efforts or come off the mountain with anything to provide for our family, we can still go home and we have that memory of trying to labor together. Yeah. And that is something that cannot be taken away from us. And so extremely grateful for just those opportunities. And, and the same thing with my friends, you know, I've gone hunting with a lot of friends. I've introduced a lot of people into yeah, take them out to like DJ Rams. Yeah. I take them out to some ranches or I take yeah. them out to other hunts. Like, um, you know, I do have some friends that are, that are really close to me that are, that are also true sportsmen that have been raised in the, in the, in the heritage mm-hmm. and in the tradition. And, and so we go out and have great times together. Chase is one of them, right? Him and I have been successful in a lot of our hunts and those memories will never be replaced. I love the experiences that we've had and I look forward to any more experiences that we're going to have. So that's a little touch on that. It's just, I know I kind of took some time, but that's, oh, that's so welcome. That's yeah. I, I mean, just, just as I would, I, I learned a lot from there and it was, you know, it was really cool to, yeah. to experience that. I mean, it's hunting something I've wanted to get into and it's just, Hearing other people's experiences just yeah. gets me more excited about it. Yeah. And I'm hoping for any listener this like, you know, maybe this gets them excited or maybe this just gives them an understanding. Yeah. And it's not just uh it's not just a one cultural thing, right? It's yeah. it's human. Like, um, you know, you're you're very wise in anything regarding like pop culture or, you know, especially comedy. You, yeah. And so Joe Rogan and 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 Brian, oh, remember his last name? I was Brian Callen. Brian Callen, yeah. yeah. Love those two. Mm-hmm. They're they're big sportsmen now. They weren't raised in it, but they learned how to hunt and fish from Stephen Ranella, and now they're really big into it. And uh, you can even watch on the Meat Eater show several episodes have have Brian and Joe hunting, and they they explain every time they're like, "This is the most exciting thing I have ever done." And Brian is always in shock every time he he harvests an animal. Is like, I got to work for my own meat. That perplexes me. That is amazing. It's like I cannot believe I am this lucky. And so that's that's them experiencing what it's all about. And it's cool. So it's it's not yeah. a, it's not just a cultural thing. You know, it's it's a you know, we want everyone to be able to participate in conservation. And so yeah. glad they're a part of it. You you experience it, that's the best way to learn. Yeah. You know? It's true. And yeah, so yeah, so for anyone that, you know, learns something or gained an understanding, like that's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I hope they enjoyed that. So this is a interesting place to transition this. <laughs> yeah. I got a I got a quiz for you here. All right, because every up pretty much every episode now has included a little bit of a music subject. That is your forte. Yeah, you yeah. talked a lot of my about friends. Music. There there are a few friends that I can name that that know a ridiculous amount about music, and you're one of them. <laughs> I I don't I just I just really like to get into it, and I don't even think yeah. I know that much. I've, I I know a lot, I yeah. guess, but like, there's still a lot more to know, right? One thing I respect about you too is that you don't have like a specific genre that you listen to. Oh, Your genres are very spread out, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you know a good song. When it's a good song, it's a good song, regardless of genre or artist. And so Absolutely. that's always fun to talk about because I'm pretty similar. I don't necessarily have a, a favorite. I love listening to all sorts of forms of art. Yeah, and Tanner good, and I clicked on a lot of music together. Yeah. So like, and they're not even related to each fingers, other. Fingers. Um, yep. 660s those are both the uh new zealand and australian artists yep. and then we like even some hip-hop artists that we we listened to growing up and stuff yeah so i got a little bit of got a little bit of hip-hop in this quiz a little yeah. bit of country so uh, we'll see I how got, this goes because yeah. i i like songs i like bands but i'm not i'm not <laughs> too educated yeah. in the culture and so this will be this will be a joke for me <laughs> well it's all it's all multiple choice all right all right so that's good, i mean nothing to win That'll nothing help. to lose right, good some point i'll do quizzes with something to win something i don't know yeah <laughs> but, but we'll see so 
First question I got for you. This is one of my favorites here. Who said, and this is a line from a song. Okay. Yoski woski, piski wiski, what you want to do ski. <laughs> and, and the A, Lil Wayne. B, Snoop Dogg. C, Andre 3000. D, Kendrick Lamar. I'm going to go with Andre 3000. Correct. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. See, do you know why? Because I brought him because up. Because you like him a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and because he is so intelligent with what mm-hmm. he what he puts together. And he puts just he, he honestly like makes up words sometimes to Absolutely. help his flow. And that's something that he would do. Because Absolutely. he has such good rhythm and flow all the time, that makes sense. And their first album, they made up they made up a word out of a couple words. The first album is called Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music. Yeah, see? Southern for more they grew up. Playlistic, like as in I wanna say I don't wanna get into that because I don't know. I don't wanna <laughs> say something I don't know. Cadillacs mm-hmm. as in the car and music. Something they all love, yeah, because they're southern, and then they have a song called "Spodiody Dopalicious." Oh my god, it just describes a beautiful woman. <laughs> That's what he means by "Spodiody Dopalicious." <laughs> I'm start doing that. I'm gonna see how my wife reacts to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, the line "Yoski Yoski Woski Piski Whiskey What You Want to Do Ski" comes from one of my favorite tracks called "Chonky Fire." <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, he's got a way with words, but I just love how he just like he throws uh, like curveballs like yeah. that. It's it's cool. I like I like seeing artists make up things like that. Okay, um, this next question, I kind of curated it towards you. Okay. So, um, you know the album Blonde by Frank Ocean? I know this part isn't curated to you, but you know mm-hmm. that album, right? Yeah. So, a producer from a band you really like is actually involved in some of the production of really? some of the songs on it, especially the song Ivy yeah. from the album, which I think is the biggest track off the album. It's either that or Nights, I can't remember. Okay. But, um, so I got uh, a list... Of art of bands you really like, yeah. And so the the artist from the band, his name is Rostam. Rostam. Yes. And so that is this his first name. That's his first name. Cool yeah. name. And so this first band, I'm not going to read their actual name. I'm just going to spell it out. S T R F K R. Yep. That's a. Seen them twice in concert. They're awesome. Yeah, they're they're pretty sweet. I just started getting into them actually. Yep. I really like them. B Vampire Weekend. I love them. That's one of my dream yeah. concerts. They're. That's that's a band you got me into, and I fell. They're in love. phenomenal. They're incredible. C. Passion Pit. Also amazing. My wife went to the concert without me. Oh really? She holds it over my head every day. No way, dude. They're <laughs> they're sick. They're amazing. Yeah, I was listening to them all the time during the summer. They're yeah. sick. And D. M. Eighty three. Gosh, M. Eighty three is amazing. Rostam. Hmm. So this this is a person from one of these groups that helped mm-hmm. with Frank Ocean's album. Mm-hmm. In the production. In the production. If that helps. He's not a he he's he's not a lead singer of any of these bands. Yeah, my guess is M83. No. Dang it. Vampire Weekend. Really? Vampire Weekend, yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. See, I would have guessed M83 because they're a little bit more smooth. They're a little bit slower. Right. And Frank Ocean's got a couple songs like that. And I think yeah. we mix pretty well with them, but okay. I think Rostam's a guitarist. Yeah. And I think he, in that level of production, I yeah. think that's where he kind of came in. Well, um, Vampire Weekend is so diverse and oh, various yeah. that I I think they, they, can, they could do anything. Yeah. Afrobeat in yeah, there. Yeah. They could do anything. They're awesome. They're awesome. That's And that's why I really 
fallen in love with them. They're they're sweet. Yeah. There's so much there's so much more to Vampire Week than you like. I could have more yeah. like quizzes. I was thinking about doing a question, but I've already talked about this with yeah. you. But the Who, lead singers. All right, you got to help uh, me on this one right here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first Vampire Weekend show that I ever watched live, I wasn't present, but I watched it live. Yeah, and it was incredible. But the, there was an actor who. Steve Buscemi? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his favorite band. Did yeah. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what? Yeah, isn't that yeah. cool? That's quite cool. <laughs> it's so sick. Yeah. So he well, threw on the concert for him. Yeah. yeah. He's he's so cool. Steve Buscemi's hilarious. Yeah. He's in a lot of my favorite movies, like The Big Lebowski. Oh, he's hilarious. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> I, I always know him as Crazy Eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I grew up seeing him, and I was yeah. like, that's Crazy Eyes. The funny thing, dude, he, he's just so well, like, versed that he could be someone really funny, but he can also play serious roles. Yeah. He's... He's also very intelligent. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like about him. All right, so next next question Hit for you. Me. What is Drake's real first name? A, Kate. B, Kelly. C, Aubrey. D, Taylor. I didn't know he had a girl's name. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Maurice? What's that? Isn't it Maurice? Maurice. <laughs> Maurice Drake. <laughs> All I right. I love that. You say Aubrey Kelly, mm-hmm. Kate, or Taylor? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess Kelly. It's Aubrey. It's Aubrey? Oh, <laughs> dude. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's a cool name, too. Isn't it? Dang, yeah. Aubrey, his, I think his name is Aubrey Drake Graham. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang. That's really yeah. cool. That is a really cool it's name. Also, everyone else is like, this guy's so stupid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. So the, no, none of these are like, none of these are given. Like, you know, well, like I, I told you, like, yeah. yeah, you are very, you're very knowledgeable and in depth on, on a lot of these groups. And I think that's I awesome, but mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I, that's where I lack some knowledge. It's, I appreciate their work and I appreciate who yeah. they are, but like their backstories, it's just, that's your there's job. a lot to it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone, I don't expect anyone to hop on this, this like podcast and be able to guess it for yeah. themselves. Cause it's just, they're just, I mean, I mean, some people might get the Yoski, Woski, Piski, Weezy, you know? <laughs> Some people do really like Andre three thousand. Yeah. He's he's incredible. He's incredible. Um now the last question. What is Garth Brooks rock alter ego? So he has another name for when he was a rock musician. Are you serious? Uh-huh. And A, Trent Reznor, B, Chris Cornell, C, David Cloverdale, or D, Chris Gaines. Did you say there's two with Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna narrow it down to the Chris's. Am there I right go. there? There you go. Okay. That's okay. a good. That's a good. <laughs> so Chris strategy. Cornell and Chris Gaines. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Chris Cornell. Nope. Oh my god. Chris Gaines. Dang it. It's so funny, dude. Like wow. I love Garth Brooks, but it's so funny seeing his rock alter ego because he's got Chris like Gaines? a little soul patch. He wears his hair down. It's like dyed black. It's, yeah. He's like completely different. Dang. I don't know. I don't know why Chris Gaines. Huh. But was it's... this before? You got heavy set in the country, or is this during? No, this is after. Oh, after. This is like, so I want to say nineties. Oh my god. I want to say nineties, yeah. but yeah, Garth Brooks. He's a character, dude. Yeah. He's a character. Everyone was like, <laughs> like during the whole uh, the whole inauguration, he showed up, mm-hmm. and everyone thought it was a political statement. He's like, nah, and he's up just shaking everybody's hands, like <laughs> not, not care. Yo, I'm he's just a here. funny guy. <laughs> he's yeah, he's a funny guy, dude. He's, yeah. He just doesn't care. <laughs> Wait, was that? No, it's right here. <laughs> oh, I thought you just ripped one. <laughs> I just kicked the doorstop. <laughs> that caught me did so Did you hear that? Dark. Yeah, I did. I've hit it like twice now. That was definitely the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't hear it the first time. I kind of wish it was me. That'd be way funnier. <laughs> oh, but one of my episodes, my stomach made a noise. And oh, I was yeah. like, hey, guys, that yeah. wasn't a fart. <laughs> oh, my God. Stuff just happens. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so funny. But, um, all right. I think this is a good place. But yeah. I would love um, if there's anything you want to leave with the audience. Uh, for one, I want to send you guys over straight to Mountain Rain. You can find them on Instagram, M-T-N-R-E-I-G-N. Mm-hmm. And you can also find his website, same name, .com. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still under, like, you know, some development and, and growth. Or, you know, I've got some partners listed on there right now that are awesome and, and um, super appreciative of them. Mm-hmm. And I fully support them in all their endeavors. And it's just going to continue to grow here. My goal is just to keep adding more people on there to create one like a one-stop shop, high traffic site for those brands. Yeah. And so we'll see how it goes. You know, if it takes me years to do it, I'm just going to be as persistent as possible. It's pretty low risk for me and I'm willing to put in the work for them. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just a man of, I'm a believer of like working hard and, and trying to make things happen. Absolutely. And so that's my goal. We're just going to see how it all goes. And, um, you know, I'm just very grateful for the relationships that I've that I've made through this, and all the relationships that I have in life. Like I, that is one of my biggest blessings that I've I've been able to receive is the friendships like this that I have with people, and they keep me going. You know, they really keep me excited to participate in different social activities and to try new things and to go to new places with the people that I love, and that's awesome. And so, you know, I know a lot of people that were mentioned in today's podcast are, are going to be listening to this. I just want to let them know how much Dylan and I love each and every one of you. I love you guys so we much. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm way grateful for the relationships that I have with each of them too. Major blessing. And so, yeah, and I'm just glad I was able to meet on with you. I know it's been a long time in the making. Yeah. It's been Tanner, difficult. Living Tanner, in different I've been states. planning them since the beginning, since yeah. the beginning, since the first episode, I've been planning to have Tanner on. This has been yeah. like, one of the most anticipated episodes. And we've talked myself. after every single episode and kind yeah. of prepping for this a little bit just to, you know, build up some excitement for, toward us. And finally, yeah, it's about time. It's, it's, it's been so fun. I mean, from the start, since Tanner and I have become friends, like, he's he's just the greatest, guys. So Thanks, definitely man. go right back support him, and we love him. So with that being said, we love you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.